This is Jakari Jackson for Axe9Films.com, and you're listening to the Axe 9 Films podcast. Our goal is to share the unique stories of how believers encounter Christ. And on today's show, we have Ronnie Mitchell. Um, a little bit about Ronnie. I originally had him on the show to speak about his alcohol addiction. Uh, I've known Ronnie for um, a couple years now. Uh, he's spoken about uh, various addictions he's had, and he kind of went all over the map. He, he was uh, answering questions I didn't even think to ask, so we got a lot out of him. Uh, I believe you will enjoy this episode. I definitely recommend it for people um, with addiction problems, and he speaks about more things as well. And if you can hear those strange noises in my background, uh, my dog waited until I started recording to start cleaning herself. And in addition to the audio version that you're currently listening to, you can go to our YouTube page, Axe9Films, and see the video version as well. If you're interested in supporting us, you can go to our website, Axe9Films.com. There we have an online shop that sells our hoodies and other gear. And as our feature films become available, you'll be able to find them there as well. While you're there, you can also go to our donate page where you can give to us via PayPal or Cash App. We also have a Patreon page and you can find all the links to those in the description below. But for right now, let's get into the interview. All right, Ronnie, so uh, the first question we have for you is how did you encounter Christ? How did I encounter Christ? Uh, I encountered Christ uh, at an early age in life, uh, um, and the way I, I, I see it is that it was by being baptized. That was my first encounter with Christ, and of course, at uh, eight years old, seven years old, whatever it was, really didn't understand what was going on, but I just knew that uh, I had to get baptized. So that that's basically uh, when I... Uh, I had my first encounter with Christ. Okay, now from that encounter, uh, I know a lot of people, they have the, the baptismal, and then there's some years in between that may or may not have been as holy. Okay. Would you say you had that experience? My God, yes. Yeah, yeah, I did. Uh, and, and actually, uh, like I say, uh, uh, I began going to church at about, about eight, seven, eight years old, whatever. And it wasn't necessarily with my mother. My mother wasn't really uh, into the church thing. She was probably raised in the church, but uh, after she got to to uh, California, she was footloose and fancy free, what have you. So I didn't really go to church with her and stuff, but I did have someone that took me to church. Uh, at the age of 12, I saw something. Uh, I saw something at the church and it totally discouraged me. And as I walked up to the building, I can see down to the basement door there, outside door there, I saw the pastor coming out to go upstairs to the pulpit. And he got to the top of the stairs and lifted up his robe and pulled out a bottle. And when I took him a swig, you know, stuffed it back in there and went on to the pulpit. And I saw that, and that jacked me up. It really did. And I didn't go to church. I didn't go in the building. And from that day, at the age of 12 years old, I wouldn't go back to church. I told my mother I wasn't going back. And I never really told her why. I never told her that story, but that was the reason. And so I didn't go. I didn't go back. But then around the age of, oh, uh, Oh, I would say 20, 21 or whatever, I started not really going, but I went a few times. And that was uh, with my wife. 
she was a church girl. Uh, she was raised in the church right here in Sepulpa, Oklahoma. And uh, I started going there, and, and it was because we were, um, she was a singer, she was a, a singer. And uh, uh, so I went to church with her a few times, her father especially. I actually knew her father uh, years before I knew her. I began uh, what I thought was a career in music. R&B music, you know, so we did. Everybody wanted to be the Temptations. So that's what we did, you know, for, for a lot of years. That's what I did with my wife. Uh, and to further my experiences in, in church, uh, uh, like I said, I never really got back in, but for those years that we were doing our, our thing with the music, we traveled uh, all the time, you know, rehearsals all the time, what have you. Uh, in 81, I decided to make a move. I decided to move to Oklahoma. Uh, and that was due to uh, a business opportunity. Okay. I decided to move to Oklahoma, uh, got the business going, what have you. And well, I didn't. Uh, my, actually, my brother in law started the business. He had been trying to get me to move down here for about a year before. And I finally did. Well, during that time, uh, it, it's, a, it's not really a good thing to go into business with your brother-in-law. Uh, it, it, didn't, it didn't work, the business fell apart. And for me, it was because it was um, some, some illegal stuff going on. And I went and got me a job, and got me a regular job, and uh, got introduced to a church uh, by, my, by my wife. Uh, her cousin was a member of a church, small church here in town. And I started going. I started going, and after about a year uh, of going, uh, the pastor of the church came to me and asked me to be a deacon in his church. And of course, I accepted. I accepted. And um, from from there, uh, uh, I've been rolling ever since, except for a break again. Right. Now, so during this deacon period, were you still carrying uh, kind of the weight of what you saw in the church the years prior with the with the pastor and the drinking and all that? I never forgot it, but I didn't carry the weight okay. of it, uh, per se. It, it didn't, I, I guess I had done my forgiveness or whatever, whatever happened, but it didn't, it wasn't an issue for me. Um, you know, when I got to this church, it's a small church, and um, I just started in, in, enjoying what I was doing. Again, got into the choir, they started. They wanted to start a group, uh, a gospel group, and we did that. And uh, of course, I was with them, and so we stayed together for about about ten years, ten or eleven years, whatever, uh, until she decided to do something else. So that was that was my stint here here in my first stint here in Oklahoma. Uh, and moving on from there, of course, we moved up. We began to uh, get. Uh, more knowledge about God. We began to, through uh, Kenneth Hagin Ministries. Actually, that was that was when I really began to get some knowledge uh, of how to walk in Christ. And because of that, I had to leave the old Baptist Church because they didn't like it. You know, they didn't understand. So we did. We left and we began to go to one of uh, Kenneth Hagin's churches, Faith Christian Fellowship, as a matter of fact. 
and uh, hung in there for about the first year. After about that first year, that pastor asked me to be a deacon. And how, how old are you when they asked you to be a deacon? Man, the first time I must have been 28, 29, okay. 30, whatever it was. I, I, I can't do the math right now. But anyway, I, I stayed at that first church for about seven years, seven, eight years. We were beginning to travel around the country and we actually made a couple of trips uh, to Jamaica. Uh, uh, Kenneth Hagin Ministries had uh, missionaries there. And we got invited there several times, a couple of times at least. And um, so we just, that's what I was doing, you know. And, and all, all the time, all this time, you know, I, I, I've known, known Christ more, more about Christ then than ever before in my life. And I was doing, doing, I was walking the walk. I was trying to walk the walk, you know. Of course, I, had, I was kind of a bit of a knucklehead during this walk. And uh, I was one of those kind of people that uh, on, on a, uh, the major holidays, uh, you know, I could take me a, a drink of cognac, you know. Even though I was a deacon, you know, but I didn't mind taking a sip, uh, a sip or two, whatever. And uh, a lot of that, the, the, and that actually was a part of my upbringing. Uh, my mother, I never realized it, but she was actually an alcoholic. She was an alcoholic in, in, uh, for, for in all those years. But, um, so, and then people around her, of course, they were always there partying and what have you. So I came up in that atmosphere. So, you know, around the age of 12, 13, it, wasn't, it was not foreign to me. And I was drinking then, 12, 13 years old, with my boys and what have you. You talking about a sip or y'all getting drunk? Getting drunk, we was okay. We were getting drunk. We were getting high. You know, these were the, these were back. This was back in the man, the sixties. All it's eleven in my family. I, uh, I had ten other siblings, and out of the eleven of us, only two of us did not fall into an addiction. Oh wow! Was it? Alcohol or was it just any type Alcohol of and drugs. Okay. Alcohol and drugs. Wherever the going drugs were, uh, here just in the last seven years, I think it is now, I've lost two sisters uh, to drugs, and they were 50 years old and under, something like that, whatever. Uh, so I lost two sisters to it. And I, my youngest brother, he still, well, put it this way, he came so close to death this time until he can't do any drinking or drugs anymore. He spent his entire life uh, on drugs, and right now he is 62 years old. 60, he's 62 years old, and he's only been clean a year from the heavy drugs. Right. He spent most of his life in prison and in jail because of it. Um, he's been, he, he, he should have been dead three times over. I'm talking serious dead. He should have been. Uh, we said that we've always said that he had nine lives, and so, uh, yeah. But now, you know, uh, and I've talked to him uh, uh, just recently in, in the last year. Hadn't talked to him in years, 
and I was just so thrilled that he's alive. So I moved to Oklahoma. I was, I was thinking, you know, um, I haven't lived. You know, I, I never did hang, get to hang out at, at the age of 16. I mean, what do you know at 16? You know, you're just beginning, you know. And, uh, and I'd have been thinking about this all those years. And lo and behold, when my, around my 30th anniversary with my wife, I decided I wanted to leave, leave home. And she said, okay, you know, if you think that's what you want to do, you go ahead. But this, 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 and this, and, and I left, you know. After I left home, uh, uh, this is when I, I, I met my wife now, Patrice. And uh, Patrice was, uh, of course, she's gorgeous as all get out. And, you know, it was no resisting, resisting that. And, and uh, Patrice was kind of an enabler. Uh, she was an enabler to me. She allowed me to drink. And from there, it was more and more and more and more and more and more until uh, I look up and I am a full-blown alcohol, uh, alcoholic. I guess in two, 2003 or four or something like that, I started going to church with her, Church of Christ, and I uh, was totally unfulfilled because of Church of Christ. They're a denominational type church and they're stuck in ways that, you know, just didn't hit me at all. But I was drink I was drunk every day anyway, so it really didn't matter. I was just making the scene with her. But anyway, um she had been searching uh for a church for a couple of years. A few years she was searching for a new church. She wanted to get out of that also. She had ventured out years before she met me into other churches and what have you and she she had grown some because of it. But she was still searching when she met me and after a few years we had been together. And uh, lo and behold, she found going hard for Christ Church. My understanding was that when uh, Patrice first came here, she wasn't too impressed with passage. Is that a... Oh, my God. Man, <laughs> and she was. She wasn't. And, uh, you know, she would tell me a lot of stuff uh, about the church and stuff. and. And she actually wanted me to come, and of course I was totally resistant because it would cut into my my activities, my drink time, what have you. But she, I would talk to her about it, and, and believe it or not, I, 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 though I was in the condition that I was in, um, I still knew God. I still knew God. So I would I would just try to tell her some things that you know you can't judge the, uh, a, a preacher especially don't don't do that you just don't do that because that's God's business you know if he's preaching the word first of all and you know he ain't got no junk going on in his life that you know of uh, well you just listen yeah, and, and you and you get what you can from 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 his message and the thing was I said because you're still going I was in San Francisco when. Uh, the Jonestown massacre happened over in Guyana, and um, so that's uh, I actually had my boss lost his family, and I, I remember we were at work, 
and uh, I, I used to hear about Jim Jones all the time, you know. But uh, so one day uh, he came and he told us he's going to be off work, and and um, told us a little bit about what happened. Later, we found out totally. Well, that situation uh, we were taught. Me and Patrice would talk about that here when we, she first started going, coming to going Heart for Christ. We would talk about that kind of stuff. But she actually said this to Pastor. She was taught, she taught, got a chance to talk to him one time. And she asked, she said, uh, well, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm liking this church and da, 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 but I want to make sure you ain't like no Jim Jones. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, Patrice, did you say that? She said, yeah, I asked, I told her that. Do you know what he, how he responded to that? Yeah. Uh, it, uh, it, I, I can see him. I, can, I didn't hear it, but I can see his reaction. I can see the smile on his face, and he said, Patrice, why would you, you know, why would you say something like that? Or, or she's just going on and on. But I can, I could sense, I could feel how he looked. I could see how he looked, and I wasn't even there. But he took it in stride, though. Yeah. He took it. I never told her this. She was going, 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 trying to get me to come, and all this stuff. And she would come home, and she would tell me something about one of the members of the church was trying to get at her. And, you know, I'm, you know I was in my, my drunken state, and, of course, during that time, I didn't care about a whole lot, except that I, as long as I got my stuff, I'm, I'm good. And, of course, uh, so weeks went by, it weighed on me, weighed on me. I finally said, let me get up and go and see. So I got up and went, in, went to church with her. She was thrilled to death that I would go to church with her. And when I got here, and I heard the word as it came forth. Well, I, I had to set up myself. And I was probably in a state of a hangover when I did that. But I had to sit up and listen. And, uh, uh, we went on and we began talking about it and stuff and, I, and um, you know, here I am, I'm, I'm trying to see who this dude is, you know, in the church just trying to get at her. That's what, that's what I'm trying to really see. I'm, trying to, I'm checking that out and I found all that out, you know, I've seen who it was and all this kind of stuff. This dude even greeted me like I was his brother, you know, and stuff. So, Maybe. Did he know she was married? Huh? Did he know that she was married? Yeah, he knew. Oh, okay. He knew. He, he knew she was married. Yeah, but uh, anyway, he, he he tried to greet me and treat me like I was his brother or something. Well, I, I know that old routine. I used to play them games, okay? So I, I knew what he was about. And I was sitting in my garage one morning. She was getting ready for church and stuff. And she uh, headed out. And... Uh, she come back to the garage, and she, I was sitting there. She said, what's the matter? And I said, well, I said, uh, something, something is going on with my spirit. Mm. I said, uh, uh, I, you know, I don't know. I just don't know. And I didn't know, but I did know. It was God. It was God tugging on me. I would come into church, and, and I would stand on that, on my aisle right there, you know, in the Baptist church, you got your own seat. 
you know, everybody got their seat. Right. Well, I had mine, and that's where I sat every Sunday, and that's the aisle the pastor would walk down. And uh, he'd walk down, you know, his little strut that he had, you know, and and he'd reach over and shake my hand real quick, you know, when you go on, he'd keep it, keep it pushing. And um, it was uh, one time he did that. This time he stopped and he looked at me and he said, uh, he said, son, what's, what's, what's wrong with you? Like that, like it, like it was something visibly wrong with me. And the thing was, it was something wrong with me. Not just my hangover. Maybe since that, or maybe even smelled liquor on me or something, I don't know. But anyway, he asked me that. And at that moment, I, I said, well, I, I said, um, I, I got some things wrong. I, you know, I'm not feeling well, something like that. So he, he knew it was something but he had to keep pushing on to the pulpit and get service going. I would go as far as uh, I would not drink Saturday night. You know, I wanted to make sure I was clean for Sunday morning. I mean, you play with your mind, you play games when you're in that state of mind. So that's what I did, you uh, know. So it's been um, ever since, you know, and I'm there now. Three years, three years, and, and, and I don't see an end. I don't see an end. And, and it just started with a reference that you didn't want to come into the house drunk or hung up. Exactly, I had to stop that. I had to stop that part anyway. And of course, um, had some, uh, some pretty traumatic things was happening to me all during this time. Um, you know, I guess I must, I must have been coming, coming to going hard for Christ Church, six, eight months, whatever, and something happened. My oldest son got shot. He got shot nine times, and he survived. And here's the kicker to, to my son and how this relates to Pastor Lawrence. My son and Pastor Lawrence are the same age. My son knew Juju. He didn't run with him because they were in opposite gangs. But he knew of Juju. My son did not use drugs, but he sold drugs. And he was one heck of a salesman. He made a lot of money selling drugs. I was late finding out anything was going on. And when I finally did find out, I had to get him out of here. I had to get him out of Tulsa. Got him out of here. And there's a story about that goes along with that. But that connection, when I heard Pastor's testimony, and look at my son's life, Kari, they were the same, exactly the same, six months apart in age. So my problem with Pastor Lawrence was. This is my problem that I had was he was like my son. He's the same age as my son. His life was like my son's. My son spent time in prison behind what he was doing. Pastor Lawrence spent his time in prison, just like my son. So when I hook all of this stuff up in my mind, I'm saying, <laughs> Uh, I had a problem with him because he, he was just a sunlight. 
So, you know, I'm going to listen to him. How, how can I listen to him? Uh, how can I do what he say? Mm. Uh, he's like my son. You know, uh, you know I, I hooked all that up. And it took me a minute. It really did take me a minute to uh, figure that out, to totally disregard his age. I had to put his age out of my mind. But I was so personally so impressed with how he was drawn in these young men uh, with with, uh, with the craziest histories, you know, the prison time and uh, the abuse that they committed, all the stuff that they had. But he was able to draw these young men. And I later learned through his testimony why that is, because of where he came from. It was because of that is why he was able to. And after a while, I, I felt like, um, you know, uh, I know what he's trying to do. He got all these youngsters, these young young brothers uh, trying to do something. I want to help him. And I, I figured the only thing I could really do was just be here. Where I might have thought that I wanted to hang with the, with the, uh, 18-year-olds, 16-year-olds, and help them and stuff. No, he got me with the 10-year-olds. <laughs> and the thing is, I've learned so much from these little jokers. I've learned a whole lot. And this is my second year uh, in game time. I signed up for the one year because I know they were trying to formulate everything, get everything uh, organized and whatever. They needed help. They needed some help. So I, that's what, the only reason why I agreed to a, a one-year term with that. Well, here, here it is, year two, and I'm still doing it. I didn't give it up, and I ain't even signed back up for it. It's just, uh, I hope they still got my application. <laughs> and just, just put a check off another year on there, and, and let's keep rolling. These kids um, have affected me. Like I said, right now I'm dealing with grandkids, a bunch of little young, young grandkids, and these are Patrices. They're not my paternal, but but they mine, you know, that's, that's my thinking. They, these are mine. I was with every one of them when they were born. So these are mine. I get to ra help raise them. And, um, there, and there's a, a major thing, a major issue with me on why game time for me. You know, hmm. Uh, I, I need to get this out because uh, this, uh, you know, I grew up without a father, you know, uh, he wasn't there. Last time I remember, uh, I saw him walking out the door. He had his hat on his head and a suitcase. How old were you? I must have been four or five years old, something like that. And, uh, uh, for a lot of years, you know, no big deal. I uh, never thought about it. Five to, to about eight or 10, really didn't think about it. Around 10, I did think about it. And around 10 is when I was, I was angry about that. And my personality, I don't, I don't really, I'd never had a really angry personality per se, um, but I, I felt that 
uh, at the age of 10 that he wasn't there because of Mr. Patrick, who was the one that brought me to church in the first place. He's the one that got me going in church because I would see my best friend's father taking him to church and doing the, spending a little time with him and all this kind of stuff. Well, I never had, never grew up with that. And so it, it got me. Uh, so, like I told you a minute, a minute ago, uh, I got married at 16. Uh, I mean, at 17 I got married, but we had the kid, first kid at, at uh, age 16. And this is a lot, of, this stuff here, Jakari, a lot of people don't know. They, you know Patrice knows some of it, uh, but a lot of people don't know this. And I'm, I'm getting some consequences from this right now, today. And this kid, my, our first kid, I actually adopted him. Me and his mother, we, would, we were singing together a few years uh, earlier, before he was born. We, we were singing together. We did on the side of the building with, with a bunch of guys and stuff and just be out there singing, what have you. Uh, Miss Armstrong will call the police on us and all that because we was out there so late drinking beer and all that. But anyway, she uh, got pregnant and, and uh, next time I saw her, you know, she was big bellied and what have you and, you know, no sweat off my nose. You know, it wasn't my issue, it wasn't my problem or nothing. But we were still friends. Well, she had the baby and uh, me and my buddy, me and my best buddy, he and I sung together for years. He and I, we just said, I said, said man, let's, let's go out here and see Vanessa. Let's go to the hospital and see her. So we go out there and see Vanessa. And on the way in, I, I yanked some flowers off the bush. And we took them on up in there, bust off in the, in the room and stuff, and, and saw her, and they brought the baby in so I could, we could see the baby and what have you. And I saw that kid, I was done. I saw that kid. And, and I didn't know nothing about this dude that she had been with, didn't know him at all, didn't know his name, still don't know his name. To this day, I still don't know this guy's name. And long story short, um, after a while, uh, she got pregnant again. She got pregnant with my kid, with my child, Andrea, my daughter. And she wanted to get married, and uh, I was 16, 17, 16, getting ready to be 17. Him hard, him hard, him hard, and uh, my mama didn't want me to. You know, she didn't want to lose her, her favorite son. And plus, Patrice, I mean, uh, Vanessa had, had a baby already by somebody else. So my mama's thinking all this stuff, so she didn't want me to marry and whatever. But Vanessa was pregnant with my child. So it was a wrap, and I married her, and we started raising this kid. Well, came time I, I wanted to adopt him, and went down to the courthouse, all that good stuff, and the judge looked at me and said, son, you, 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 you don't want to do this. You really don't want to do this. And I said, yes, I do. He said, well, he said, I'll tell you what. He said, you go home right now, and you come back and see me in one year. If you still want to do this, if you come back, we'll talk about it. 
Sure enough, I couldn't wait till that year was up. I went back, happened to get the same judge, and he said, I remember you. And, and he, I told him, yeah, I said, well, I, I want to go, I want to do this. He didn't ask me no questions or nothing. He didn't say nothing, he said, here, welcome here. And he starts signing papers. He just starts signing papers. And that was that. So right now, today, and, and the thing is, I, I never told him this story. It was one of them kind of situations. Uh, I wanted to tell him for some years, but I couldn't tell him because his mama didn't want me to, my mama didn't want me to, her mama didn't want me to, nobody wanted me to tell him. That was their mentality though. And so I didn't. Well, of course, it had to come out. It just came out about, not even 10 years ago, six, seven years ago, it came out. And uh, uh, so I've been dealing with that. I didn't talk to him, to my son, for about four years. Uh, mind you, I was in this drunken state during the, for, for those. For so those years. he was angry with you? Oh yeah, he was angry. He was ang angry. Um, uh, he was more angry with his mother. Um, now she died here. She just passed. She passed uh, back in '09, breast cancer. Uh, so, but he's been carrying this since he found out. Well, I've, I've been with him. I've talked to him. We, we after I got sober. Uh, and stuff, uh, I started reaching out and reached out until I got, got him. And, and he, we started talking, what have you. And, uh, but now, he still got some problems with it. And even right now, today, I'm, I'm still trying to get him to open up a little bit more. I just saw him last year, spent time together and all that good stuff, but he still got some problems, and I, and I, I understand it. But we gotta work it out, we're gonna work it out. So. That's the story behind that, that kid. Uh, there's one more biggie that I, I want to get out for a reason. And it's something that we've got an encounter coming up Saturday. Mm -hmm. And I want to nail it to the cross Saturday. Okay. It's this one situation. And, and it's something that I wanted. I just want it out. I want it out. I want it out of my system. So I want to nail this to the cross. Not with him, because I'm. A, this is gonna work. It's something else. Yeah. I got a nail to the cross. And I want. I want. I want it. I want to. Remember, I told you I'm gonna. I'm gonna write me a book. Mm -hmm. I am. <laughs> I'm gonna write me a book one day about about my life. Right. Because I, I ain't told you nothing. You ain't heard nothing. That ain't nothing. No, you no, ain't heard man. nothing. You ain't heard nothing. And definitely hope you enjoyed that interview with Ronnie. Okay, so for our next episode, we'll be speaking to Miss Stephanie Bull about demon possession. And I know that may sound a little bit wild, but I would encourage you to flip over to that New Testament where you can see multiple examples of people having demons cast out of them. Probably the most notable example was when Jesus cast legion out of the man and the demons went into the pigs. So stay tuned for that. Uh, Stephanie is going to speak about her experience, how that led her into depression and also into a mental institution. So you can find that in the next episode. And also, if you'd like to support us, in the description below, you'll find links to our Patreon page, as well as our website, axe9films.com. There you can go to the Donate tab and give what you feel led to. We also have an online shop full of our hoodies and gear. That's all for this episode. I'm Jakari Jackson for Axe 9 Films, where we ask the question, where did you encounter Christ? <laughs>